Thanks, Gabe. That's really cool. Can I ask the guys on this side of the room, could you just move over here, please? It makes it easier for me to look at you. Plus, it's cool to make you guys move. It makes me feel better about myself. Thank you. Weird thing to say, right? It's just odd, odd. Thanks, guys. That's really cool. My name is Brett, and I've been a part of this community for a very long time. You know that. And I think it's very important. I say the same thing every single time I get up here. I am not the smartest guy in the room, and I think that that's important to know because Jesus isn't looking for the smartest guy in the room, even though you may be the smartest guy in the room. God is looking for sons and daughters, men and women, who will trust him and follow him. Amen? And so that's all of us. And so I wanted to encourage you, don't be intimidated by the world. Don't be intimidated about what people say and how you think it should be or how you think it should go, of what social media says. You don't need to be the smartest person in the room. What you need is the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and some courage. And watch what God does. And so um, when Gabe asked me to preach, it's interesting because I always ask God, God, what am I going to say? Which is obviously a great question to ask. Because it always feels like I'm going to say exactly the same thing. And I felt God say, say the same thing. I said, God, that's weird. Because what happens when the word of God is preached, every single person here will hear something different. And that's what we're hoping for this evening and trusting that the spirit of God will plant something in your spirits this evening that will change your life forever. Amen. The word of God is the word of God. It is a two-edged sword. It cuts, it divides. It cuts away what you don't need and leaves what you do need. Amen. And so I trust this morning, this evening, in this room, it always looks like morning and evening at the same time, um, I'm trusting that today your hearts will be open wide. You may hear the same thing that you've heard a thousand times before, but will you allow the Spirit of God to shape you this evening? Because we want to leave here changed, amen? That's why we're here. We want to encounter Jesus. So we'll start the way we always start. My name is Brett. I'm 46 years old. On the 28th of December, I'm accepting cash gifts. Um, you can just snap scan reference, Brett. Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate. I am a son to my parents. I am a brother. I'm a husband of 21 years. I'm a father to Brittany, who's 25, and Sarah, who's 20. I come from a broken home. I have lied. I've been unfaithful, I've been a thief, I've been abused, and I've been an abuser. I've failed many times, yet I am chosen. I am a sinner saved by grace. I am rescued and redeemed. I am made whole. I have a life because of one name, Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters sitting in these seats. I thank you, Father, that your hand is upon us. I thank you that you've called us. I thank you that you've equipped us. I thank you, Father, for just an unbelievable obedience this evening to respond to your word, to respond to the things that you've called us to at this time in this place to see the kingdom of God advance, to see lives changed, those who are yet to know you redeemed, saved, those who are sick, healed, those who are dead to be made alive again in your mighty name. Amen, 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 amen. 
So my title for my sermon this evening, which is about 35, 40, 55, 60, 85 minutes, is um, Christmas one-liners. All the designers in the room, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm 46, old school. You're lucky you got that font. I would like to say that I'm a man of simple faith, but I've encountered Jesus. And I've realized that one-liners have shaped a lot of how I believe and perceive and respond to God. Amen? Some people need super deep theology. They need to know the root Greek, root Latin. They need to know the circumstance. I'm not that guy. I don't need that to see Jesus. So I wanted to let you know, if you're a one-liner like me, you're in safe, good, welcome, familiar hands. I love what Gabe said this morning, and I stole it for my first line. Thank you, Gabe. The voice you listen to will determine the future you walk into. Jesus needs to be the voice that leads you, the only voice that leads you. You have to know who you are, your position, because of whose you are. It's important. It's not going to be how you think it's going to look. It doesn't matter who you are or where you've come from. It doesn't matter how you start, but how you finish. And if you are not writing these down on your phone, can I encourage you to take your phones out and write them down? Because these might save your life at some stage when you're about to make a really bad decision. And so there's some power in one-liners. Your past does not define your future. Mr. Manchip, you are worthy. You are worth it. You are good enough. Jesus' name is the name above every name. The name of fear, the name of doubt, the name of isolation, the name of depression, the name of bankruptcy. Jesus is the name above every name. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and Omega. You find him on the top of the mountains and you find him in the valley. He is our good shepherd. Will you allow him to lead you, church? Will you allow him to lead you? He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Don't give up because he never does. Amen? Can you say with me, I won't give up? Maybe with a bit more passion, people. I won't give up. You need to understand that your decisions today can affect generations. It's not about you. Your decisions you make today can affect generations because of a very, very good king. I love this that Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And so if you're wondering which is the right way, you should consider the ways of Jesus. And I know we know this, but yet somehow we make different decisions. And so I wanted to remind you this evening that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life in every situation that you find yourself in. And so if you're unsure, go and search, uh, search scripture. It's quite easy on your phone. 
you almost don't even need to know the Bible. Does that make sense? Like, like there's no excuse. You can, you can search it and it'll reference and tell you and there's no excuse. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. The way we do things is not the way he does things. Amen? So let's do it his way. Because when we do it his way, we will find space, we will find freedom, we will find peace. Amen? We are very good at doing it the other way. We do it our way, find chaos, find disorder, find fear, find isolation, and then we are crying out going, Lord, where are you? <laughs> He's like, I'm right here. Just, I'm right here, my son, my daughter. I loved what Sunny preached last week in Sevens. She said, you've got to stay in the fight. Don't be fooled. We are in a fight. You've got to stay in the fight. So you've got to be making great decisions, good decisions, godly decisions. You've got to stay in the fight. We will have trouble in this world. John 16, verse 33. It said, I've said these things to you, that if that in me you will have peace, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. I want to tell you, as a son and a daughter, when you are taking ground, when you are making great decisions, when you are feeling like you're getting go, go forward for the first time in a very long time, I want to tell you that you are going to find yourself in tribulation. Do not be surprised. Recognize it quickly. Recognize it early. And start to pull on your one-liners. Amen? I want to tell you a little story about my oldest daughter. Um, she uh, has been working for a particular company and she really loves her job and very early on she's very diligent she works very hard works long hours and she's good at her job but very early on she started being accused of being dishonest in terms of content creation that she was lying that she was taking shortcuts and the challenge is, is that you may work in a space where people will lie and cheat and try and stand on your throat to get above you. They will say things that are not true. You need to stand your ground because the truth will set you free. Amen? You've got to know that. And so she went on this journey of trusting God and of really standing up for herself in terms of what people were saying about her. And at the end of the day, almost a year down the line, I think she said two or three promotions and two raises from people that said she wasn't good enough, she had no place there, and that she needed to go. She trusted God, stood her ground, and God had his way. Amen? So I want to encourage you with that. You'll find yourself always in three places. You're either going to find yourself in a boat in a storm, you're going to find yourself in a lion's den, or you're going to find yourself in a fire according to the Gospel of Brett. Come on, guys. Come on, come on. These are the three places I often find myself in. You have to understand you're always going to be in a storm. You're going to be battered. You're going to find yourself in a lion's den where people like King Darius and Daniel, where people try to come against and catch Daniel out 
because they didn't like what he was doing and the favor he was finding. And the king put him in a lion's den, but he stood his ground. He did not waver. He did not bend. He trusted God. And what happened? The Lord sends an angel to shut the lion's mouth. Amen? And it's interesting. We're going to read this in, uh, in Daniel 6. From verse 19, it says, Then at the break of day the king arose, and he went into uh, haste to the lion's den. And as he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, recognition of standing. Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded Daniel to be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. I want to tell you you can trust God. I want to tell you you can trust God. It's something you hear from a pulpit a lot. You've heard it. You get it on your feed. I want to tell you you can trust God. If you dare to trust him. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought before, were, were brought and cast into the lion's den. They, their children, and their wives, wild. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions had overpowered them and broken all their bodies into pieces. It's wild. But here's what happened King Darius wrote to all the peoples and nations and languages that dwelt in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion uh, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his dominion shall never be to the end. He delivers and he rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. I'm going to leave it there. But I want to tell you that when you stand for a king, he'll stand for you. When you stand for a king, he'll stand for you. We live in a generation where people say one thing and do another. We don't serve a king who says one thing and does another. The truth of the word is that you're a son and a daughter whom he loves, and he will stand for you. I love also in Daniel 3, this hysteria, uh, the, the story with King Nebuchadnezzar of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. A similar, a similar setup, a, a, a story that we know. But I want to tell you that we all find ourselves in the fire. And again, when you stand, it's amazing what will happen. And that story ends with Nebuchadnezzar going and exclaiming that he saw a fourth man in the fire. I want to tell you that as a Christian, when you are feeling the heat, you've got to get in the fire. This story tells us that Nebuchadnezzar was so frustrated, he had that fire heated up seven times hotter than usual. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound and taken there. It says the guys that took them burnt to death. 
and yet they fell in the fire, and the fourth man appeared. I want to tell you that if you don't get in the fire, you're going to end up getting burnt. You've got to trust Jesus. You've got to trust Jesus, and you come out the other side, not smelling like smoke, not getting burnt, having stood your ground with an unbelievable testimony of the goodness of God, just because you're a son and a daughter, and you chose to believe him. Amen? I love that the word of God says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. I love that the word of God says love never fails. I love that the word of God says ask, seek, and knock, and the door will be opened for you. So I want to ask you, what are your one-liners? What are your one-liners that you stand on that will change the way you see the world, it will change the way you are with people, your wife, your family, your work colleagues? In the moments when you're under pressure, these one-liners are like arrows in a quiver. And you start to take them out and you start to fire them off at the enemy, one after another. The Word of God tells us that God's Word does not return void. It is alive and powerful. When we declare the Word of God, it's like firing arrows at the enemy. Amen? I love the armor of God. My favorite thing is the shield of faith. I love that the, when you operate with a shield of faith, it says that it extinguishes every fiery dart of the enemy. Every fiery dart, every lie, every lie covers you from the head to the toe. Church, I want to encourage you. These are all scriptures I think a lot of you know. If I look around this room, I'm pretty sure you guys know this stuff, right? There's nothing new here. Nothing new. But you, when you receive the word of God and you apply the word of God in faith, something supernatural happens. Amen? He is the lamp unto your feet. He is the narrow path. The things you haven't seen before, suddenly you see. You find yourself in space because you trust God. It takes a mustard seed of faith. These one-liners, guys, one-liners will change the way you operate. It'll change the way you respond to the Word of God. It'll change the way you respond to your family, your colleagues, to see the glory of God come. Amen? I want to share another testimony of, of somebody in our community who has felt like they've been in the fire for a long time. It hasn't been easy for them financially. And um, they've trusted God. They've stood. They've prayed. They've cried out. They've worshipped. They've done all the things. And nothing seems to have worked, right? Yet they have stood firm. They have stood firm. God asked them to do something which they didn't do. Who's done that before? So they received a word. Here, somebody said, God said you should do something and you haven't done it. They went home and they did it at great cost to themselves. And after that, step of faith, when they could not see, because our ways are not his ways, 
You cannot make sense of when God speaks. He never gives you the whole picture. There was a large debt that was looming that was paid. That same week, money was returned, double what was given, because they dared to trust. Amen? And this is someone who's felt like they were in the fire, being burnt, yet they stepped further into the fire. The fourth man appeared, and so the goodness of God starts to show himself again and again and again and again. And all they did was stand. All they did was stand and trust the Father and be obedient. Can I ask uh, Nicole to come up and play for us here, gently in the background? One of our most exciting things about Scripture is when Jesus calls his disciples on the beach. Simple, unschooled, men and women. I love that Jesus takes in the 12 disciples, you have doctors, you have lawyers, you have tax collectors, you have fishermen. I love the eclectic mix that Jesus takes to turn the world upside down. You want to respond to the call of Jesus in your life and what he's called you to as an ordinary, unschooled son and a daughter. I pray that you would respond in obedience to put the things of what you've done and where you've come from and what's happened in the week aside and take on the truth of God's word that you're a son and daughter with, with whom God is well pleased. You cannot earn his love just purely because you're a son and a daughter. You can have the wildest adventure of your life. And as you come, as you trust him, as you, as you put things in place to make better decisions, according to the word of God, he will make a way. Because he is not a liar. He cannot lie. And because you are so loved, so loved, he will do it for you. Because you are a son and daughter of the Most High. So as Jesus says, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Let's follow him together, church. In this season, as we're starting to wind down, don't take your foot off the accelerator. This is the time when we should be reading the word of God more, when we should be worshiping more, and finding him, being in his presence. It's the most exciting place you can be. So how does the Christmas one-liner come in? Well, it's Christmas. And it's more than a baby in a manger. Thanks, Gabe. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. As we take on these one-liners and we understand the story of Christmas, of God's master plan, his master stroke for you and I to set into motion a plan to have us saved, redeemed, restored, reunited with a king. It's the most beautiful story ever told. So this Christmas, will you see your king in a different light? 
an unbelievable God who became a man so that we could become sons of God. Can I ask you to stand? You can close your eyes. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you that we don't need to overcomplicate it. I thank you that it is powerful. I thank you, Father, we receive the truth of who you say we are. And in this moment, we choose to believe that you say we are sons and daughters, that we are good enough, that we are worthy, that we are worth it. I thank you that you've done a full work. I pray that we would receive it. That we would receive it, Father. I thank you, Father, that we would continue to hang on to our one-liners and fire them off. We take them out of our quiver and fire them at the enemy. That your blood has washed us as white as snow. that no weapon formed against us. There's no weapon that can hurt us when we are in the presence of the Father, when we are in your will. I thank you that you are faithful, that you are true, that you're everlasting. I thank you that you've called us to be in relationship with you. Before we'd ever done a thing, you predestined us to be adopted as sons and daughters. You knitted us together in our mother's womb. Before the beginning of time, you knew this moment, this time. Father, we receive it. We thank you for your truth, the weapon of the, the sword of the word that you give us, Father. Help us wield it. We declare we love you, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen.